Mary Maria Sprout. 15 seconds to curtains, you three. Oh. Oh. No one's here. Well, I guess I'll just be going then. Welcome to the Muppet Fans Talking Podcast. I'm Mary. I'm Maria. And I'm Sprout. Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome. It is episode four, and let's get down to the notes uh, at the top of the episode. Last week on Saturday on SNL, there was a Muppets parody. It was Statler. Statler and Waldorf just got the crap beat out of them. Well, t- I'll talk more about this later because this is part of my Muppet struggle of the week. But it was very yeah. well done. It was very well done. It kind of felt poetic in a sense. With uh, <laughs> Keegan Michael, he was hosting, and him and Keaton Thompson played the security guards at the Muppet Theater who beat the crap out of Statler and Waldorf. And yeah. Mikey Day did a really good job impersonating both Waldorf and Kermit, and Beck Bennett did a really great job impersonating Statler. Yeah, and uh, Noel-, Noel McNeil puppeteered Statler. Uh, for the people who don't know, Noel, Mc- Noel McNeil was the performer of Bear from Bear in the B- Big Blue House. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I don't know if we got the names of who puppeteered Kermit and, and Waldorf yet, but if uh, we do get that, we'll-, we'll talk about it on the notes of the next episode. Um, some sad news, Charles Grodin, the, the performer for Nikki Holiday, passed away this week. Just a note about um, Charles Grodin. I just want to praise him for a quick minute. Uh, his yeah. performance in Great Muppet Capers, Nikki Holiday, is one of the best comedic performances I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, It's not the lines he was given to deliver. It's the way he delivered them and how each and every one of them feels like the funniest thing you've ever heard. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was either Frank Oz or Jerry Nelson who talked about this in the Muppet Guys Talking Podcast about how Jim, when he was, doing ta- when he was like directing or filming... He would always go for the takes where the performers were giving 110% of themselves and they were being as wacky as possible. And you can really feel that with Grodin's performance in this movie. Yeah. Um, my favorite performances are ones where the actors truly believe that the puppet they're talking to is a real person. And he gives that performance with Miss Piggy just 200,000% of just, I am in love with this pig. He 100% seems like he's lusting after a pig, and he makes it seem totally believable. He makes you believe Mm -hmm. that Miss Piggy is the most beautiful woman in the world. Yes, and and you can really feel that grief uh, that he feels of uh, having to frame Miss Piggy in that movie. It's a great movie. I I suggest everyone to watch it. Yes. Um, Also, uh, Sunday was the 31st anniversary of Jim Henson's death. Yes. That was a, which is, just a very sad day. Which is sad, <laughs> but it was also the uh, 30th anniversary of Muppet Mission 3D opening for the first time. So yeah. there, there are sad days and there, there are sad days, there are sad moments and happy moments, and we have to take the happy mm-hmm. moments because I feel like that's what Jim would have wanted us to do. Oh, yeah. definitely. Uh, on a different podcast, a Tough Pigs podcast called uh, To Introduce Our Guest Star, Dave Goals guested, and um, I, I work with Tough Pigs. I'm a writer there. So I suggest after you listen to our podcast, go check it out. He he talks about um, the original version of Muppets Now and uh, how it was much different than the one we got. 
and what he would change. And he talked about uh, Digit. For the people who don't know, Digit, digit! was a character. I love Digit. digit. Um, I love Digit. Yeah, Digit was a character on the Jim Henson Hour. And he was like a weird robot man. And he, he had the coolest the design. Great design. Really? He's so, he, he's got wires for hair. He's amazing. And, and he talked about how he'd love to bring Digit back. So I, I hope he does. Um, I hope so too. Yeah. So I think that's all of our notes for the top of the episode. Yeah. We good? Okay. I um, think so. Yeah. So let's, let's get, let's get into our topic of today. Yeah, I just want to make a quick note that there's nothing wrong with you if you do enjoy the 2011 movie. I think we all just have very uh, complicated mixed feelings about it. I enjoy it for the most part. There are parts about it that I don't like and that I'll talk about. I also have some criticisms that I found on the internet from either years and years ago and on Letterboxd recently. So I'm doing my best to try to make sure everyone's voices are heard. Yeah. So if you love this movie, um, we're, we're not attacking you for it. We're, this is mostly just how nitpicks. we would have, yeah, this is nitpicks and like how we would fix like the narrative beats and everything. This isn't like, if you like this, you're the worst person in the world. We're not. If you like things. this movie, you have a yeah. bad taste for babies. Boo. Yes. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> uh, you could only like three Muppet movies and no one, uh, and none of the others. Nothing else. Um, so I, I do like how this movie brought the Muppets back into the spotlight because they had been gone for so long because of Disney's own doing. But that's a that's a whole. Oh, I'm gonna episode. I'm gonna praise the movie in some aspects about how about it, but we're gonna get there when we get there. Yeah. Um, so I, I do like how it brought them back to the spotlight and made them more of a household name, like they used to be. And I do like some of the narrative beats. It's just there's a few that I do not like. Uh, what What about you guys? I like it for the most part. I just don't like how it made me cry for three hours the last time I watched it. <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> I, I do overall like the movie. Like, um, I feel the moments that I love, I really love. But then there's those other moments where I'm like, man, I'm bored out of my mind. Mm-hmm. It just, there's no in between. I, when I'm watching the movie, sometimes it depends on how I'm feeling, but sometimes I'm like, this is great. And then other times I'm like, this is, I don't like this. I don't, I'm not having yeah. fun. There's, it's just, this yeah. is so depressing. Yeah, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. I think after, um, I'd say from the moment that the three of them get to LA, up until the point that they start, like, in, up until I'd say they kidnap Jack Black is the most depressing, like, hour of cinema I've ever seen in my life. It is it's, so depressing. Yeah. Well, and it's because we focus so much on Walter and Kermit, and Kermit in this movie is just so depressed. Oh, and then we'll Walter's, get to the criticisms when we get to the I criticisms. Know. We have to start with things we like about the movie first. Okay, like, <laughs> um, the music is fantastic. Brett McKenzie did a fantastic job. Man and Muppet um, deserved that Oscar. Let, I did. mean. I mean, any song from that movie deserved the Oscar, let's, let's be honest. But Man or Muppet, yeah. great song. So fun to belt out in the car. 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. would recommend it. Life's a happy song. Bop from beginning to end. Every beat, every note in that song, perfectly placed. Brett McKenzie mm-hmm. said, I'm going, to ri- I'm going to write Muppet music now, and I'm going to make it absolutely fantastic. And he absolutely succeeded with the first song he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I- 
personally think Pictures in My Head should have won the Oscar. But I still. agree. Me too. Yeah. I think it should. I think it should have. But I have a. I've got a few nitpicks with Pictures in My Head. But really? again, yeah, we'll get there when we get there. It's you're gonna okay. you're gonna hear it and you're gonna go really, Mary. That's what you're complaining about. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so, but yeah, I really. But mm-hmm. I do like Pictures in My Head. It's on my uh, Muppet Music playlist twice. So. Nice. That's how much I like the song, so I am not a hater by any means. I am one mm. of the few souls who actually likes me party, so. You are one of the only few souls. And, okay, I'm going to defend me party real quick. Uh-huh. This is the first man, I, this is the first I don't need a man song we've ever gotten from the Muppets. And it's uh-huh. amazing. Mm-hmm. We have, we are, we, and, and for, for those who are asking, well, why don't we have an I don't need a woman song? We do. It's called I Hope Something Better Comes Along. We have an I Don't Need a Woman song, so it's only fair we have an I Don't Need a Man song. The only issue, we don't have that many lady Muppets who are going to sing about how they don't need men. So we make do with what we've got, and I think we just have a fun number that is also really fun to sing in your car. Yeah. This, the, the takeaway from this podcast episode is that the, the soundtrack to Muppets 2011 is a great soundtrack to listen to and belt when you are in your car. Mackenzie, if you are listening to this, because we are, we know you're not, you did a great job. You should feel proud. You're absolved from any sins. I hope you have a wonderful day, sir. Yes. <laughs> also, before we get into criticisms, uh-huh. I just really, really love Walter. Walter, I like. Oh. I'm going to have a, bring up a criticism of Walter later, but I think, uh, I really like how they kind of because there is a, because I know we like to joke about it on Muppets Twitter, which is a real thing, that mm-hmm. how a lot of Muppets fans are neuro are neurodivergent or gay, and it's very true. And I feel like I get those or both, it's, or, or both. Or both. That's a, not, Hi, it's, it's me. <laughs> same. Hi, hello. Same, but. And I kind and the way Walter feels about Muppets is kind of how I feel, where it's like I remember watching Gonzo for the first time and going, "Oh, that's me." Yeah. And I, where it's like, okay, like neurodivergent or gay people or neurodivergent gay people or just neurodivergent people have a certain connection with the Muppets where we feel very seen by them, and I think it's really important, and I think it's really. I think Walter's connection to them really highlights that perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's because the Muppets are, are outcast and we feel very outcast uh, because of our differences. And the Muppets are all different, but they come together in their differences and celebrate those differences. Uh, and, and together they are a group and they are similar to, to uh, it's the you know famous Jerry Nelson quote from Muppet Guys Talking. And I uh, post it on Twitter all the time. Yes, that you post on Twitter all the time. And it's my favorite quote of his, is uh, people who are downtrodden in life gravitate towards the Muppets. Because they feel accepted in that Muppety world. Yeah, and, and I do. And, and, and I, know I feel like Walter's just the personification of that quote. And Peter Lynn's does such a fantastic job performing him. Yes. And I could... That's another episode of Peter Lynn's Appreciation uh, yes. Hour. Oh, oh yeah, there, there's going to be a, there will be a Peter Lynn's Appreciation Hour. Don't worry, yeah. it's just Definitely. not going to be this episode. Also, yeah. I just want to make a note that I always associate certain Muppet movies with certain performers, and this is yeah. the movie I associate with Peter Lynn's the most. Yeah, uh, same, same. 
Um, Another thing, oh, oh, I've got, just want to add one more quick phrase before we move on. And it's not the one Maria thinks it is. I just want to say this movie felt like such a love letter to both Jim Henson and Jerry Nelson. Now this movie did come out before Jerry Nelson passed away, unfortunately in 2012, but you could really feel the love there was for him where they included his voiceover wherever they could. They had him do an additional voiceover for this movie, which is credited as his final performance. And that's beautiful. And then there's also, I don't know if you guys know this, but Jerry Nelson had a fantastic collection of hats. If you look look at any photo of Jerry Nelson, he is wearing a fantastic hat. And during Kermit's speech at the end of the movie, you can see Robin in the background and Robin's wearing a little hat. (laughs) And I always, and I just recently just kind of interpreted that as just a little nod to Jerry Nelson and his fantastic hat collection. Yes. Uh, Jerry Nelson's fantastic hat collection is the reason why in seventh and eighth grade I would constantly be wearing hats like different hats every week and it's all and I don't look good in hats so this is the reason why no one has seen Jerry Nelson looks fantastic in hats Jerry Nelson looks brilliant in hats I just don't uh, but I, I experimented with hats in middle school I feel like we all did <laughs> I, I killed my hat phase though I looked good so well, I'm glad you, I, I'm glad someone on this podcast looks good in a hat. <laughs> I look, I look like I'm 10 whenever I wear a hat. <laughs> so. Oh, what? All right. I look 10. Oh, 10. I thought yes. you said you look like a 10 and I'm like, like the, the hotness scale or what? Yes. I look like a solid 10. Great. Never, All right. I never, I've never thought that in my life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're, One day. I'm ready to start with criticism. I'll have a few more praises to do at the end of the podcast, but... Yeah. Maria, start attacking. Oh, wait, <laughs> Rob, do you have any other additional praise to add before we do? I, w- I want to go straight into this, this like, the part. Okay, okay, Maria, go ahead. So, for me, the 2011 movie is not narratively satisfying at all it talks down to you it, it's it presents itself as a kitty movie instead of a muppet movie it, it's that old adage that frank oz always said that the muppets in movies or shows it's for everyone and not just kids but the, frank oz attacked too. this movie frank oz did attack this movie if you don't remember frank oz was right anyway oh, we aren't saying he's wrong we're just saying he did yeah. <laughs> he did attack this movie and good for him it's what he deserves I, there's you know a whole thing about there's lore behind this but we are not getting into it that's a whole nother podcast episode uh that might be next week who knows uh, Oz appreciation week is next week yes no well it might be a part of that with his frank oz appreciation of me talking about this anyway uh it, it presents itself uh, not only as a kitty movie, but as a, like a G-rated Jason Siegel rom-com featuring the Muppets instead of a Muppet movie yeah. like, featuring Jason Siegel. Yeah, you know, I, which is. I know I didn't really go over this, but the marketing for this movie involved like it kind of portrayed the Jason Siegel and Me Adam stories like this rom-com parody, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I was really hoping for when I saw this movie. But no, it takes the rom-com stuff way too seriously to be a parody. And they aren't overacting it enough for it to be like, oh, this is all a joke. No, they are dead serious Mm -hmm. about this. And I know, I know Amy Mm -hmm. Adams can overact this because she's done this before. (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen Enchanted? 
She is phenomenal in that. She is phenomenal in that. I watched Enchanted and Night at the Museum 2 too much as a kid, and now my type are tall redheads. So, and that's, oh. I blame Amy <laughs> Adams for that. Okay, like, Jason Siegel is peak hotness in this movie. He's at his peak of hotness. Something about mm-hmm. that baby blue suit really, like, cements it. Amy sure. Adams, on the other hand, <laughs> she's very cute in this movie. She's very beautiful, very attractive. But her peak hotness was this Amelia Earhart in Night the Museum too, where I sat in the theater as a child and went, oh, I like girls now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I, I will get into Mary in, in a second. It's just the, the way they wrote Mary was very much 70s misogynistic. She has no role but to support a man. She is a wet blanket, mm. which I don't. Uh... <laughs> um, but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, another thing is you need to expand on, on gags and jokes in, in a movie and not just regurgitating them and hoping they land when they weren't really funny in the first place. The, the first thing that comes to mind is, is fart shoes, which I, I hate feel like with all we, of my being. I feel like they should have utilized it more just to make it a gag so that when you kept, so they would just kept popping up and it, like, it get it get funnier at some point. I hate fart, it, that's an, I, I Okay, so I wrote a, a whole, like, script thing out for this, uh, for this episode. So I need everyone to, to like me in this, because I did this all for you. <laughs> Listeners, I did this for you. Um, but I, I will get to my grievances with fart shoes when we get there. Oh, I um, think we're there right now. You I know, I think we're there. I, know, I think we're I, there. No, I don't want to skip around in this. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> Do we have a schedule and I just don't know about it? I have a schedule. <laughs> okay. Um, th- there's there's not really any rules in this movie except the Muppets aren't popular anymore and, and we don't know why in there. And they universe. will keep reminding of you it. Every five damn seconds. Oh and my like, god. Obviously, it's obviously so depressing. No, this so is so depressing. This is okay, I'm gonna get into why there's this one line in pictures of my head that just feels so gaslighty. And it's when Kermit goes, would anybody watch or even care? And then there's my ass in the audience, like... Yeah. Like, I'm right well, here. what am I here for? <laughs> it's like right the Muppet, here. Where it's like, the Muppets aren't popular. It's like, yeah, you won't be if you keep telling me it every five seconds. Where it's like, <sighs> it's so gaslighty, and it tries to make you feel so bad. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay... It's- it's just emotionally manipulative the and entire time. And I get why it does that. It's trying to get you through the lowest lows so that the highs feel higher. But I just, which the yeah. highs, the thing with the highs, they feel high on their own already. Mm-hmm. They didn't need mm-hmm. it. Like, obviously in our worlds, the 2000s happened and Disney bought the Muppets in 2004 and just never touched them besides from like the occasional TV appearance or special or whatever. But we which, needed reason. Speaking of which... We're going to de- dedicate an entire podcast to Studio DC Almost Life, because I have so many thoughts on that. Oh, I can't, I can't rewatch that. I can't, you can't make me. I rewatched it. I rewatched it, and I want the people who wrote it to go to jail, and I'm going to leave it at that for now. Okay. <laughs> um, let's get into the movie, finally, uh, of the, the script part. So, I love the beginning of Me and Julio down by the schoolyard, opening... Yeah. With with, with Walter, with, the intro with Walter is fantastic. Life's a happy song, perfection. Yes. Like that part of it mm. is good. I don't even mind when they're traveling to LA. That it, you, you know what they're doing, it works. 
Now for me and Mary, you're going to contest this and hate this, but if I was the writer on this, I wouldn't have Gary in this. I, I would have Mary well, and Walter. Here's why you're wrong. Why uh -huh. would, okay. See, this is Walter's life story and Walter has a yeah. brother. Why are you trying to erase yeah. his brother from his story? I'm not trying to erase his brother. I'm trying, I, you didn't let me finish. Mary and Walter would be siblings. And but because Walter has a real life brother named Gary and you're erasing him like this. I'm not erasing him. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get through the script and you will hear about Gary. Please. I have a whole I need thing. my Delph. I need my Delph. <laughs> I, <geez>. Guys. <laughs> okay. So, and this is actually a criticism uh, from my mom. She didn't like Walter because of how his relationship presented with Gary and how um, Gary just had no boundaries with either Walter oh, or Gary Mary. Gary sucks. Gary sucks. Gary's hot, but he sucks. Uh-huh. I don't want, even if I was straight, I don't want Gary there just to be hot. He, I, he needs, like, oh. <laughs> he this sucks is why so wrong. much. <laughs> Does a uh. character need to be good? Isn't seeing Jason Siegel at the peak of his hotness tap dancing no. in a powder blue suit enough? No, barely tap dancing. Barely. <laughs> and it's gorgeous. Sure, to you. This is the episode where Mary and Maria fight. <laughs> Sprout is just like... <laughs> yeah, Sprout's the ref. <laughs> Sprout is Andy Cohen at those reunions. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice job Mulaney reference thank Beautiful. you I'm full of them um so just let me get through the script and and I'm sorry I'm sorry Mary this isn't real you got the 2011 movie you got hot Jason Siegel let me have my fantasy oh I've already <laughs> won you're saying <laughs> <laughs> I've already won Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes. Someone just tried to call me in the middle. I have my phone on mute and someone just tried to call me and muted me. I'm so sorry, everyone. I swear. You're all good. Okay. So Life's Happy Song would say the same, but I would have Mary and Walter be siblings. And Mary's whole character arc is about her feeling alone, even though she does have her brother. She, she feels like she can't be a person outside like how Walter, of him. Like you mean Walter's entire arc? Hold on. She uh, she feels dis. Am I wrong? I mean, it's not wrong, but Walt I want them to parallel each other. So Walter feels the same, but also feeling this longingness with uh you know the Muppets like he does in the movie. But he also feels like he's not good enough for them. I mean, yeah. I mean, say what you want about Gary, but Gary doesn't feel like a copy paste of Walter. I mean, it sounds like it's a copy paste right now. It's not a copy paste. It's. Originally, my original idea with Mary's arc was uh, because in the movie she is a teacher, and the the teacher bit. There's like a five second gag where she's like fixing a car, and then you're supposed to remember that gag through the entire 85 minute movie. So then at the end, yeah. when she fixes the electricity, it's like, oh, I remember that, and it's like that's just bad writing. I mean, I would have added a bit where Kermit's car like breaks down at some point and she fixes it. So like, just to reiterate the point, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it'd be like a five-second scene. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to, the, to my version of that. Oh, okay, um, I mean that makes sense then. 
yeah. Uh, but I was going to have her be a, a mechanic because it feels like Jason and Nick were like, oh, a, a woman can't be a mechanic because they wrote her just so misogynistically. Uh, I don't think she, I honestly don't think she was that bad, but I'm partial to like all people named Mary because my name is Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to defend this woman. You're gonna have to defend this woman. You're gonna it, you're gonna hate my article on tough pigs when you. Yeah, I probably will. I mean, Mary deserves better. I want her to. I I want she deserves so much better, and I and I want her to to work. When when you have Amy Adams in a movie, she's supposed to do stuff, right? She's not yeah. supposed to just be like, yeah, she oh, my boyfriend's like not here. I'm sad. Yeah, she did feel like a tag along at points. I wish she would have, like, done more. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, not every woman has to be, like, this perfect, like, feminist, like, thing. I don't, I, I don't think she has to be perfect. I just think she has to do something. Because the entire time she's just like, I'm sad because my boyfriend won't pay attention to me. Which is a valid thing. Gave but she needs she, she did give, give us a bop, but she, I just, she, she needed more character than just, like, I'm sad and depressed because we have so many sad and depressing yeah. things in this movie already. Yeah, I mean, that's I fair. That light. is fair. I need some light and happiness. Um, so I would have them go to Hollywood uh, to, to visit the Muppet Theater and, you know, LA in general. And, you know, the, the, this theater has been all over the world. It's been in London. It's been in New it's been York. In New it's York. Been in LA. It's yeah, been in it's Toronto. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter... Uh, like where we want to put it but you know Hollywood to to make it easier um we we get that nostalgic voiceover from from Jerry Nelson you know pigs in space the you know continuing story and you know veterinarian's hospital uh, all of that from when Walter and Mary find and like see the outside of the um Muppet Studios and enter the building and my thing is that the Muppets are still performing there except Peggy and who has since left because of personal problems with Kermit. And because Piggy isn't with the Muppets anymore, that's why they're not as popular. So they don't have money. Oh, so they don't have money. Uh, and, and the theater's seen better days, like, you know, broken floorboards and stuff. Yeah. Uh, another thing that we could do with Mary, if you're so against her with, with the you know, feeling a disconnect and being a copy, then we could go with the, like, the parody rom-com angle that you were talking about before, where, and, and so she could be trying to find a partner, but she's just surrounded by Muppets, and she's like, I, no, I would like a human, human, please, one human, That would please. be funny, and the human could be Jason Siegel. I'm bringing, I'm going to bring that up later in my script rewrite. I wrote some stuff specifically to cater to you, Mary, because I know you would be at my throat this entire episode. We need, (laughs) we need someone for the female gaze here, the like the straight bisexual female gaze. Yeah, yeah. That's Jason Segal. And and the gay men, I mean, I don't. Oh yeah. First, I have, I don't have gay, I have gay uh, male friends and I don't know any of them that look at Jason Siegel that way, but hey, there's yeah, gotta I mean, be somebody. Again, I, I, I just excluded them because I don't know their feelings towards Jason Siegel. I only know those two specific groups, their thoughts on Jason Siegel, and we love Jason Siegel. 
Good for you guys. I'm so happy for you. At least we had. Oh, I met your mother is our jam, man. <laughs> love that show. I'm. I love the show, but I'm so upset with how it ended. But that's another. We're not. We're not getting into that. That's that's not what this podcast that. is mm-hmm. for. But Jason uh-huh. Siegel was great in it. Mm-hmm. So was Neil Patrick Harris. So was everybody. Okay. Yeah. He, he was in this movie too, and he was also really good. He was. He was. He he had a few scenes, um, or a few lines. Excuse me. Why am I not that's, hosting this? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, Walter and Mary would watch uh, all the Muppets rehearsing and, and being them, you know, Pops asking who they are, Fozzie's working on jokes to an exasperated Scooter and confused Beauregard. Ralph cracks the piano. That yeah. depress us every five seconds. I know. What a, what a novel idea. Oh, oh wow. You have not to depressing. guilt the audience. You have to guilt them. You have to emotionally manipulate the audience to feel sad. Wow. You got to gaslight, gatekeep, and girl boss this movie. <laughs> really? That's what this 2011 movie... Manipulate, mansplain, male wife is Muppets Most Wanted. We've cracked the code. <laughs> oh my That's God. why we haven't gotten a third Muppet movie. Oh my we've, God. We've cracked the code, you guys. We got you figured out, Mouse. We got you figured out. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, rodent yellow shoes, we got your number. We figured it out. Okay. Uh, Gonzo would be doing a bunch of you know, stunts with some chickens, and the Electric Mayhem would be rehearsing in the bus wait. outside. Would Gonzo be sidelined in this version? No. <laughs> You're talking to me. Why would I sideline Gonzo? I'm not Nick Stoller. I'm not Jason Siegel. <laughs> hey, that was 100% Nick Stoller. I've got no proof for that, but Jason Siegel did brush his teeth with a Gonzo toothbrush in Life's a Happy Song, so I just take it as Nick Stoller. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Bunsen and Beaker will be working on new adventure, uh, um, invention, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Muppets being the Muppets uh, before mm-hmm. going into Kermit's office. Uh, and they talk to Kermit about like tours and show times for a bit before Scooter interrupts them and says that one of his uncle JP's old business partners wants to talk to him. And it's you know, Tex Richmond with Bobo and Uncle Dudley. So Mary and Walter leave the office, but they still want to hear the conversation. So they put their ears up to the door. And I'm imagining Gonzo would come by and be like, you guys want to be door whispers too? So he like puts his head up against the door and he's like, like whispering and talking, trying to talk to a door. Just, you know, Gonzo being weird and being Gonzo. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. So then you would cut to Kermit, uh, Richmond, Bobo and Dudley talking uh, about him buying the land around the Muppet Theater and then wanting to buy the theaters, like, you could still perform here, I would just get the cut of the prices, and in return, I'd, I'd advertise you across the city, I know you haven't been as popular anymore since you lost your star, um, and then, you know, just manipulating Kermit, to, to, like, pull at that heartstrings of, like, I know your girlfriend dumped you, and your theater troupe hasn't been a good sense, so, you know, maybe why don't you sell your stuff to me, um, so Richmond would be the the manipulate mansplain male wife in this. Okay, Richmond isn't a male wife though. No, he's not a male wife, but he definitely is a, a manipulate mansplain. Uh, Scooter would like rush past. He's a uh, he's like, a he's a manipulate mansplain maniacal laugh. I hate you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, and I hate this. Uh, thanks, I hate it. There we go. Um, Scooter would move past uh, Walter, Mary, and Gonzo and rush into the office and be like, Chief, Big Mean Carl and Pepe accidentally started a fire, but Bunsen and Beaker extinguished it. 
goes, why are you telling me this, Scooter? Goes, because their extinguisher caught on fire, and I can't find the other one. No! <laughs> yeah, so the Kermit would, like, grab one from under his desk and rush outside with Scooter, asking for Gonzo and Mary to help. You know, okay, like, I love oh. that. I love that, but I just like to think that Kermit has, like, an entire, like, bundle of them. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> Like, this is not the first time that happened. happened. No, that's definitely why. That, that was my thought process, too. So he would be like, everybody come here and help me. And, you know, oh, good grief. Uh, you know, that Kermit-ism. Um, so then it would just leave Walter. And so Richmond, Bobo, and Deadly would all talk, explain their plan to tear down the theater for oil. Um, and, and, you know, w- Walter is still listening at the door, hiding. And then when they leave, Walter tries to tell Mary, but she dismisses them. And they talk to Kermit, who's covered in extinguisher foam just absolutely <laughs> covered in foam um he goes back to the office and he's wiping off the foam and he tells richmond he'll make a decision tomorrow and to leave the contract with him to, to uh, figure out so kermit talks to walter and mary and says he'll need to think about the tour or shows or, or anything you seem eager just to be here and walter goes i, I am i'll do anything with you guys you're the muppets and they ask if, uh, Walter and Mary ask if they could stay in the theater since they don't have anywhere to stay. Wait, and why'd they go to LA if they have nowhere else to stay? I'm getting there, and it's for this one gag I have. Oh, okay, that makes oh, sense. No. Go for it, then. Yeah, so Kermit uh, says sure and, and leads them upstairs to the dressing room, and he opens Piggy's dressing room by mistake and then immediately closes it and shows them to the next one over. And Walter and Mary settle in and Kermit back, uh, goes back to Piggy's dressing room, trying to sneak in without anyone noticing. And then Fozzie, Ralph, Gonzo, and Scooter all notice. <laughs> <laughs> so Kermit looks around the dressing room and it looks like it hasn't changed since the 70s. Uh, he, he sees a picture of himself and Piggy on the desk and another open, broken picture frame with nothing in it. And he, he's very downtrodden. He leaves the room, turning the light off, uh, and then he starts pictures in my head. And the pictures in my head goes from the Muppet Theater midday. And, and like, I, Robin wasn't in this movie, movie except at the ending with his little hat. And that upsets was, me. Will he still be wearing the hat, though? Yes. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. It's important. Yeah. Jerry so and Elsa Nation needed that. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I like to imagine that, you know, he he would be driving home and then uh robin would be in the back in like a little car seat uh yeah that. yeah and so and then that night it mostly plays out the same uh and at the end of the song he looks at the big picture under the cloth and in the corner of the frame is the half of the picture with him and piggy that's just piggy uh, and he picks it up and he looks at it and and then he goes to his office and he looks uh at the contract in his den and he, and he signs it because he's just so upset so then we uh, we cut back to the Muppet Theater with Mary. She's awake on like a couch in the dressing room, like it's a bed. And then Walter has made a makeshift bed in a dresser drawer. Like he's pulled out a dresser drawer and that is his bed. Um, yeah. And Walter explains how excited he is that he could be working uh, with the Muppets or, you know, seeing them at least. And Mary agrees and, you know, they talk about specific Muppets, noting that, you know, it's weird they haven't seen Miss Piggy. Uh, and they look up news online about Piggy, and they get a bunch of articles titled uh, Miss Piggy Leaves the Muppets, and they see a bunch of contradicting articles about where Piggy is. Some like say it was uh, Paul and Paul, the, Paul leaving the Beatles in, like, the 60s. Yeah, yeah, so they, they get a bunch of 
contradicting articles of where she is. Like some say she's in Vegas, others say she's in a rehabilitation anger management facility. Uh, others are like in New York on Broadway, others are in Paris in charge of like a fashion company. Um, and then the next day, Walter explains to the rest of the Muppets that Tex Richmond wants to destroy the theater, but can't because he'd need the deed and happy that Kermit hasn't decided yet. And Kermit at the back of the crowd really quietly said he did sign the deed. And everyone freaks mm. out. Um, Mary reads up on the deed and she says, if we get enough money, we can buy the theater back from him. And Kermit tells him, like, we don't have that money. We're barely paying rent on time. Our, all our floorboards are barely like here the upholstery on the chairs is torn to shreds we don't have money we could do uh, a nostalgic fundraiser but they've never been as popular as they were when they had piggy and then after a lot of coaxing from mary and walter uh, which we would get the ad-libbed iconic line of walter going please kermit you're on my watch which was ad-libbed from peter Lynn's. that was a I great loved. line Honestly. It was a fantastic line. We love that for Peter. Um, uh, Kermit would agree to find her after years of them not seeing each other. So they all get into the Electric Mayhem tour bus, uh, which, similar to the theater, has seen better days. It's very worn down. And like the real Electric Mayhem bus. <laughs> like right. the one that burned up in a fire. Um, <laughs> So then Scooter starts planning and calling up executives for their televised fundraiser. And then we, we finally see Piggy. Piggy has a dinky little wedding planning service out in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest. She, she does everything. She plans. She, she makes the outfits. She basically forces herself to be the first dance choreographer and singer performer at the reception. She does everything except for the paperwork and the catering, which her receptionist, uh, Yolanda the Rat, and I don't remember Emily Blunt's character's name, but Emily Blunt would also be there. It's Emily Blunt. Yeah, just (laughs) Emily Blunt and Yolanda the Rat would be her receptionist, and then catering would be the Swedish chef, because I love the idea of the Swedish chef thinking that this is a bit, like they're just doing a, a show for the Muppets, not understanding, like, no, we left the Muppets, like, a while ago. Not that this is a, a I, I have an issue with that because I've always interpreted Piggy as Piggy could be so successful on her own, she just needed that door mm-hmm. open for her. And Kermit helped her open that door. Which is yeah. why I think her in the twenty eleven movie being this like plus size editor of Vogue works because she's got that door open. She's doing what is best for her and she's having this very successful life as a result. I don't see Piggy ever moving back to the Midwest. I could see Piggy being homeless before she moves back to the Midwest. My my reasoning is those all those contradicting articles are true. She tried to do all of those things and she succeeded uh, in in some of them, but but she also feel, felt like, you know, she didn't have uh like she was never fulfilled with it. And so it, it doesn't have to be the Midwest. It can be wherever. Uh I just I thought it would be I, I just thought it would be a, a nice callback to her. I like to uh, see my girl succeed. I like to see her she, succeed. No, I know, but they are, she is succeeding. She's very, very popular where she is. It doesn't have to be the Midwest. She can just be a wedding plan, uh, planner it somewhere. Just seemed, yeah, I just, I don't see her doing that. I feel like that really diminishes a lot of who she was. Like, I feel she, like, yeah, she's tried to pull out, she's tried to fake Mary Kermit how many times? Mm-hmm. And she's planned a good wedding. 
so good for that how many times mm-hmm. but at the same time she's more than that and i think she thinks of herself as more than that especially well, eric jacobson's piggy well i know but at that's the same why. time in this yeah. write out she owns the business she does basically everything in the yeah business. but it's this dinky little business it's this dinky little business piggy would try to it's aim for the highest spot the only reason I'm saying it's dinky is because it would be out in the middle of nowhere. If we change it to be like, she's a, a famous one in, in New York, then that would can. make more can... sense to me. Okay. We can that do would whatever. Make, that's more piggy to me. Okay. Well then we'll change it to that. Piggy is um, piggy doesn't half-ass stuff. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying well, she would half-ass anything. I'm not saying she would have, uh, half-ass anything. Um, so they would have to trick, uh, Piggy to get her back to the Muppets, so they have to devise a plan. And in, in, instead of Muppet, I like Muppet Man. I just don't like that they have a name for it because the Muppets don't name what they do; they just do stuff. And that's and, fair. That's fair. Yeah. So uh, if they didn't want to, there, there's two versions of this. If they did Muppet Man, I would also have Mary be in there because then Mary and Muppet Man would uh, pretend to be getting married, and that's very funny. Okay, that is funny. Yes, but my, uh, the other one is that Mary is pretending to be a bride, he wants me to be her wedding planner, and uh, Mary would then uh, lead her outside uh, after, like, gaining her trust to where the rest of the Muppets are, and the rest of the Muppets would be outside, peeking through the windows behind Piggy. Um, I, I would want Piggy to get her own solo, basically okay, explaining yeah. her life and job to Mary and, you know, where she was raised, her, her rise to stardom, but she keeps skipping over Kermit. And, and um, I like to imagine in her office are, like, pictures and dioramas and tons of, like... He's just down. torn out, like, a petty yeah. middle school breakup. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like, pull-down projective screens. Like, every mention of Kermit, she they're like, you think she's about to say the word Kermit, and then it goes to the next line of, of like... And the they song. all start with K's. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. Um, so when she sits down in her office chair, I'm thinking of just like the set uh, in, in her uh, office at Vogue. You know, you know the two windows behind her? Yeah, that, that so, was a good set. That was a, that great, was a set. great set. So, um, so Kermit, Fozzie, and Gonzo are on like the, the camera's left, so like Piggy's left, and then Walter, Scooter, and, and Ralph are on the right. And uh, Gonzo is in the middle of Kermit and Fozzie, and Walter is in the middle of, of Scooter and Ralph. And so as, as Piggy's asking Mary about the wedding, like, who's your groom-to-be? Uh, Mary's like, oh, he's great. He's the best. His name, is, uh, his name is Gary. His name is Gary. That's his name. His name is Gary. Uh, hold on. He's in it more than just this. Just let me talk. <laughs> I, I, I'm letting you talk. I'm just making a face because I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I know you're not. That's why I asked to let me talk because you, the look on your my face. My mic is pulled away from me. my face right now. My my mic is pulled away from my face. You can talk. <laughs> you look like you want to kill me. I do. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so everyone, uh, the Muppets are trying to read her, like, feed her lines from outside, and Piggy notices Mary keeps, like, glancing behind her, and so Piggy would, like, look behind her, and and all the Muppets would duck out of the way uh, in, like, varying forms, and then, so when they would come back into frame, uh, Gonzo would, like, somehow be upside down, or or just in crazy positions, Um, and they do this a few more times, and every time Gonzo's in a different position, and then Gary asks, uh, uh, Piggy asks a picture to, uh, 
to see a picture of Gary. And <laughs> my joke here would be Mary would pull out a picture on Google of Jason Siegel and Piggy would be like, this man looks exactly like Jason Siegel. And Mary goes, no, this is definitely my future husband, Gary, that definitely exists. And she go. I, I wanted them to make the joke because Kermit kept making this joke on the press tour back in 2011 that Jason Siegel is Jason Siegel is an actual Siegel in this universe. I prefer for it to be that because that's just so stupid. <laughs> that is very dumb. That's very dumb. It's very dumb, but we aren't above it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, after a lot of goofing around from Gonzo, uh, Karma hits him and, and he loses his grip, and so he dangles by his nose on the uh, gutters before crashing through the window into Piggy's office, revealing himself and the rest of the Muppets to, to Piggy. And then the, the, the scene would play out similar to the original movie where you know Piggy sees Kermit and has the twinkle in her eye and they, they go on a date so Kermit can ask if Piggy would rejoin the Muppets. And uh, does Piggy say yes? Uh, no. Uh, she uh, denies him his offer to, to come back to the Muppets. And, what a girl uh, boss. What yeah. a girl boss move. <laughs> like, you know, she has she has her own life and job now. She she can't be a part of the Muppets. Uh, and, you know, in, in this, it, if it was the Midwest version, I, I love the idea of, like, a waitress noticing that it's Kermit and commenting on it and thinking, like, oh, great, this is going to be town gossip for weeks. Maybe it's just because I'm from a are small you, town. Are you trying just... to, like, personally appeal to me? Mary from a small <laughs> town who was a waitress for years in the Midwest. Are you per- trying no. to... Per- because it's not working. <laughs> I know it's not. Oh, this it is, should, but it's not. This is just appealing to me. Because I'm from a small town and, and, you know, word gets around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was just going to be my joke of the thing. Uh, so then Kermit would get back on the bus and, and tell them to go home. But the bus breaks down. And, so Mary would, you know, fix it. And while she's doing yeah. it, I, uh, Walter and Fozzie are in the back of the bus and have a heart-to-heart about, you know, talent and skill. Like, Fossey, how do you do it? How do you get up on that stage? I feel like I have nothing to show for myself. And I was, oh, I get it, Walter. For so long, I, I was scared of even going inside the theater, let alone on stage. And then there was Kermit. He always helped me believe in myself. And the rest of us, yeah. Kermit's the best. I know everyone hates my jokes, but every time I go up there is another time to try and fail. Oh, I fail so much. But I know one day I'm going to succeed and make my mom proud. And reassure Kermit that he doesn't employ a dud, but mostly for my mom and me. You'll figure out what your thing is, even if you, even if you fail sad. a billion, even if you fail a billion times, you've got us. You've got the Muppets. I love, I love that. I love that. He goes, "Thank you, Fozzie." Of course, Walter. One day you'll be like me, so determined to hone your craft, you'll be the first one to the theater every day. He goes, oh, is it nice to have the stage all by yourself? Oh, I don't know. I don't have any keys. Yeah, I wait by the stage door until Pops or Kermit lets me in. <laughs> cute. That's cute. Thank you. So then uh, we, we pan over to Kermit, Ralph, Scooter, and Gonzo in the front of the bus. They're trying to figure out what to do without Piggy, uh, all knowing that, you know, they're not as popular and they're just trying to figure out uh, how to fix this. And they think for a while and suggest like maybe Mary and um, you know, Mary comes to the bus saying, you know, everything's fixed. And Kermit asks if she would like to take Piggy's uh, place. And she says, no, I'm not a performer. I'm a mechanic. You know, I, I can't fill her shoes. Yeah. Um, you could ask my brother, he'd do anything for you guys. And uh, it, it shows Walter in the back of the bus 
uh, basically playing an unwanted game of tug of war with animal animals like biting his arm and Walter's pulling away from animal and Floyd is pulling on animals train a chain trying to let uh, him let go of Walter's arm like no the little dude isn't food animal let him go just as like a sight gag of like yeah, yeah my brother's my brother's great for you guys look and you know he's look. Playing ball. your drummer is eating him <laughs> look um so when they get back to the theater, uh, Veronica, which is Rash- Rashida Jones' character, is there as the executive producer for the fundraiser. Originally, when I was rewriting this, I was like, wouldn't it be cool for her to be um, like a villain? But then I-, I just didn't know how to really connect it that way. And so I just keep her how she is. I mean, I've got one really important question. This is just kind of a merry thing. Will we still yeah. keep the Donald Glover cameo of him hitting Kermit with the door? Because that was my icon on Twitter for like a year during quarantine. <laughs> I would put that somewhere, but I would have it be, like, either in the Muppet Theater or, like, in uh, Kermit's office. I, I, would it still be Donald Glover? Oh, of course it would be. I love Thank Donald you. Glover. I love that man. Okay. Um, when, when they get back to the theater, Veronica's there, and she says they need a celebrity host because, you know, again, not popular, and they need to fix up this theater. It's destroyed there's rats everywhere and then one of the rats like yeah we're the scenery handlers um rizzo rizzo Yolanda. we can have rizzo in this version we can have rizzo Bring in it back pretty please i mean i'm uh, just assuming this takes place in 2011 where we could have rizzo yeah, no it does it does yeah. it does it takes place in 2011 so the muppets start to fix the theater along with mary and walter and kermit goes uh, to his office to try to get a celebrity host it's almost the exact same scene as the original, except instead of their cover of We Built the, the City, I would want the Electric Mayhem to get an original song. It's what they deserve. I mean, that's um, fair, but I do okay. like, I'm like, again, also I'm in the minority of people who like We Built the City. I like it. A lot I, of people don't like it, so I have I to. Know. I I feel like the movie itself rela- relied on jukebox music too much. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's fair. I, that's a fair criticism. Yeah. I I want, so along with Piggy getting her own solo, I would want the Electric Mayhem to have an original song in this place of them cleaning up the theater. I'm fine um, with that. Yeah. So uh, Kermit can't get anyone to host the show. So he goes to Tex Richmond to beg for the theater back. And, you know, he declines him and sings a version of Let's Talk About Me. But, you know, good and not, not what we got. Not cringy. Okay, I... We yeah, praised maybe. Brett McKenzie earlier, but, you know, not everything <laughs> can... Not, sometimes when you do a soundtrack, they all can't be hits, and that's okay. I mean, the first Muppet movie had Never Before, Never Again, which mm-hmm. is not good. No. The song is good. It's just because Frank Oz is so adamant about Piggy being a bad singer, it's it's not good. Like, if I sing that's, it... That's where if Eric Jacobson's Piggy succeeds. Eric Jacobson said, I'm going to make yeah. her sing. Well, yeah. Uh for Let's Talk About Me, I would make it more genres and have, like, different theatrics and clothing and about his greed and not his stupid backstory of, like, the Muppets being, like, birthday party uh, people. Uh, it's just I dumb. mean, I, I just want... kind of, like, the whole birthday party thing, I just interpreted it as, like, his parents were extremely super rich. And where it's like, okay, he could get Beyonce at his birthday party if he wanted to. Like, I, I kind of interpret it as that thing, not the Muppets just doing birthday parties for the sake of doing birthday parties, but that could just be a merry thing. I, I interpret it as, oh, they're so unpopular that they're da- now doing birthdays. But no, that's that was, I- like, during, like, the 70s. That was, like, their prime. Like, that's when the movie 
I, I don't know. Um, but any, I would just fix, let's talk about me. I please just let's fix that. Yeah. Um, we can, that can be fixed. Yeah. Uh, Kermit goes back to the theater defeated, but Piggy is there and she's doing the show, not for Kermit, but for them, like, like in the movie, same reaction. Every, everyone leaves. Kermit tries to have a heart to heart with her and she storms off. You know, once the show's done, I'm catching the next uh, plane back to my life, back to my real job. Uh, and Kermit and Veronica try to go into rehearsals, but nothing's going right, just like the original, except instead of Animal not drumming, because that side plot was, there's just yeah, so I didn't like that. So I, didn't, I didn't like that side plot either. I, I, I like Jack, like Jack Black in the movie. I really like Jack Black in the movie. I just didn't like that side mm-hmm. plot. It's just, there's yeah. so many, um, there's so many side plots and, and narrative things going on in this movie that it's just so hard to keep up with. And so they're not fully realized and it's just so annoying. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just them from not being like practice, not doing the show. So it's showing off different acts, just like the original, but it's not working. So when Kermit asks Walter if he wants to do an act in the show, and Walter's still not sure because his lack of knowledge of his talent. And again, I would take out the fart shoes joke because not only is it just, it's just a dumbed down joke, but also both Frank and Eric have talked about how they hate the joke and how oh, it's very anti posy I didn't realize yeah, that. Both, both Frank and Eric hate the fart joke and um, the movie really dumbed down Fozzie. He's not dumb. He's insecure and he misunderstands things. But um, he's a himbo. He's a himbo. Yeah. But he's not like dumb, dumb. He, he That's like, fair. he's, Yeah. He just missed, like, unrelated, but I want to take Frank Oz by the shoulders and shake him, and I want to ask him if he knows how autistic-coded Fozzie Bear is, because Fozzie is so autistic-coded. He doesn't, but Fozzie is so autistic-coded. I'm not disagreeing with you. I I just just, don't think Frank realized it, but I think Frank would take that as a compliment, knowing how many autistic people he's helped with this interpretation of the character. Yeah, I just I just want to shake him and being like, you gave this bear autism. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it would you still be the same. You took this bear heart- and you gave him autism. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, anyway, it's it, it would be the same heart to heart with with Kermit and Walter, and then the next scene would be Mary and Piggy's duet of me party. Because um, we need a good. I don't need a man number. Yes, but I I want them to be in the same room. I want them to interact. I need these women to interact Mm. with each other. Um, And then at the end of the song, I would like Piggy to open up to Mary of like not seeing her as a threat. And then, you know, Mary would, you know, be like, oh my gosh, I miss Piggy sees me as a friend. I, I, wow. I don't know if that's very in character for Piggy, but we'll go with it. I know, but a lot of this movie isn't in character for Peggy. Oh, so you meant really? yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I feel like you really nailed a lot of this, except for Peggy. For some reason, I'm just like no, yeah, it's just not. Well, no, it's like you kind of just miss the bullseye. I know, but also just the 2011 movie kind of missed the bullseye with Piggy in some sense. I feel in like my opinion. Kind, I feel like a lot. I feel like they nailed a lot of it though, but that's just my interpretation of the character. It's definitely your interpretation of the character. <laughs> Piggy in my version uh, is awesome. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but 
if we're if we're going with you know the the Mary with you know friends and stuff if we're going for the rom-com stuff then it would be we could have a girl boss moment of of Peggy and Mary talking you know with singing about how they don't need a man yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and, uh Kermit would ask Scooter what rehearsals are left and he says it's his duet with Peggy so then Kermit goes to Peggy's dressing room and we have the same scene with Pepe and Peggy that was from a the good original scene. I would not touch it. Bill Beretta is too good. He's too good. He it's re- what he deserves. Everything in that scene is perfect. I love Piggy's hair. I love her dress. I love the bit with Pepe. It's brilliant. I love it. Piggy, Piggy looks beautiful. Pe- uh, <laughs> Pepe going, they need, oh, use that, they need to use more, like, they need to do that hair, get her, hair for her more often. I, I love Piggy's yeah. curly hair. Piggy, I love they... her hair from the seventies. I love her curly hair. I oh, I so do good. not. I did not like the eighties perm, but that's just personal preference to me. But any other time she has curly hair, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. I like the eighties perm from uh, Take Manhattan because it yeah, wasn't I hate so it. gigantic. It I wasn't as gigantic. Hate it. I hate I it. <laughs> it wasn't as gigantic as the twenty. Because did my girl movie so dirty. The 2011 movie gave her like an afro. It was so big, but like the it, it was more understated with, with the um, Take Manhattan. But I I'm not the I biggest didn't see fan an of afro film, with way. I didn't see an afro with. It was just so big. It was uh, maybe I'm no like the lo- like the lo- the loose curls. No, no, not that one. The, there was a scene where she did have short a, a curly. the short curly one where it was like a like a afro type thing. It, really? it I can't think it of a was, short curly. I only know, like, was, the bad bob wig that she was, had when she was at Vogue. She, she had a fro at one point. Oh, I didn't, she I don't remember a, the fro. Oh, was that the uh, me party wig? Yeah, I didn't like that one either. Yeah, it was that, that's the one yeah. that I hated. I, I didn't sad. like that one, and I'm not really a fan of the, of the bob. I didn't, the bob, I, I, yeah, liked, I didn't like the bob either. I like, oh, like the, the uh, Pepe scene wig and the, uh, yeah. the, when she comes back to the theater wig, those are good piggy mm-hmm. curls. Those are, are the, yes, really good I ones. love, I love both of those. Um, so then Veronica would ask who's the celebrity hosting, saying she won't air the show unless there's a celebrity host. And as she leaves, Kermit calls after that the show's in 12 hours and they can't get a host and he should just quit. So he goes back home to figure things out, saying, you know, I'm sorry I dragged everyone into, the me- into this mess. So Walter overhears this and it, it upset him, which in turn, you know, it upsets Mary because, you know, they're siblings and she feels like she has to fix his emotional state. And maybe this is just me projecting feeling like I need to fix everyone's emotional state at all times, but let's yeah, not get into that. I think a lot of this is you projecting. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Thanks. I'm getting, I'm going to use my one F bomb. I'm getting fucking called out in my own <laughs> stupid podcast. <laughs> anyway. Piggy overhears Kermit and gets angry and gets the Muppets all together on the stage, sans Kermit, and it's like, all right, listen up, I didn't come all the way out here not to be on TV, all we need is one stinking celebrity and by any means necessary, so the frog's sulking and we're doing things my way from now on, let's move, and so that's- Do we get the same kidnap Jack Black scene? Because it's brilliant. We are, but I'll get that, and then- um, Walter and Mary would meet up in the dressing room that they've been using as like a hotel room, and that that would go into um, a Manor Muppet. And um, it, her realizing like she doesn't need to fix other people's problems to be happy, and Walter realizing he's a Muppet and loves being a Muppet, and he's more determined than ever to find his talent. And um, him and Mary work on that. So then. The, the kidnapping Jack Black scene would be the same, but instead of 80s robot, 
uh, driving, I'd have Fozzie driving, and then I would have uh, Yolanda there because we need a girl boss. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Piggy's the there, but the more girl bosses, the better. We need two yes. girl bosses. So it would be, you know, Piggy, Yolanda, Scooter, Gonzo, Fozzie, Lizzie Lynn, Swedish Chef, Animal. Um, and what they, they would. You know, let's just yeah. throw Rizzo in there. Why not? Sure. Um, so, so Piggy, so they would kidnap Jack Black and then Piggy would, you know, knock on Kermit's door at his house. It would be the same scene of Jack Black being kidnapped in the trunk of the car. And we get the great back and forth between Kermit, Fozzie and Lucy and like, you know, a celebrity, celebrity is, is not, not a people. A people. Yes. Mr. The Frog, a celebrity is not <laughs> a people. It's not a people. Yeah. Uh, we, we would still have the same fencing scene between Richmond and, and Bobo and Deadly. Uh, and yeah, and him throwing the fencing sword uh, to destroy the TV. Uh, all of that was really good. Yeah. So then all the Muppets in the car racing down the street to get to the show on time and then bursting into the theater. Walter tries to talk to Kermit about his act and, you know, Kermit brushing him off to start the show. And barely anyone's in the audience and Veronica's freaking out. Statler and Waldorf are in their balcony and there are a few uh, Muppets and humans scattered in the audience besides Hobo Joe. I wouldn't just have Hobo Joe. I would have a few more. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Hobo show. Joe had friends. Hobo Joe had friends. They yeah, could show they up. Yeah, they have friends. Yeah. Um, so Scooter would do his 15 seconds to curtain bit with the same scene with Jack Black tied up and, and the, (laughs) (laughs) that was a good bit. That was a great bit. You've got nice teeth, Jack Black. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I would have the telephone go almost exactly how it does in the original. It would have the opening theme. It would have the telephone scene was so good. I love the It was great. I, I would, I'd. I, w- I wouldn't touch it um, It with, you know, Gonzo's head bowling act and Fozzie and Jack Black and Smells Like Teen Spirit, Forget You, all, that all of that. That is such a good number that Smells Like Teen Spirit. But it's so- yeah. <laughs> really? Can I just praise that for a minute? It's so good. So <laughs> good. Yeah. And Steve Whitmire's doing harmony with himself because he, he performed yep. both Peter and Link Hogthrob in that scene. Oh. I didn't know he did Link. I didn't know he did Link, too. That's cool. I thought Bill he- did that. Uh, he did Link, and now Peter Linz performs Link. That makes sense. Uh, and hmm. Peter Linz sounds exactly like Link. Like, he sounds exactly like Ernie, and he sounds exactly like Link, and it drives me Peter Linz is so wild. good. This isn't Peter Linz Appreciation Hour, though. This, yeah, not yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. Um, uh, we have the, the text scene of him furious and telling uh, Deadly to pull the car around. Walter still freaking about his act, and and we have that scene of, of Scooter and Walter talking, and then Walter running through the scenery out of out of stage fright. Uh, also, just more uh, Walter and Scooter. That that's for my friend Freddie. Hi, Freddie. I love you. I hope you're listening. Um, uh, then Tex would kill the power, and you know, Deadly has that moment of like solace and anger of like, okay, I know what I have to do. Um, and then Mary would fix the power just like in the original, but instead of us having to remember a one-off joke from the beginning, it's part of her character because of the rule of threes. Um, that makes sense. My voice, yeah, my voice is shot. Um, we were yelling earlier. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to yell. I'm, I don't mean to yell at you, Mary. You're my very good friend, and I love you very oh, much. Oh, I meant I'm every so bit sorry. of yelling I did. I meant every bit of that. <laughs> great fantastic um i love you so much where i fucking hate you i'm sorry i swore again mom that i i won't give Uh, myself an f-bomb next episode how about that Um, i'll yell at her some more for you maria's mom okay 
<laughs> so then uh, Richmond and Deadly go up to the roof, and Deadly takes back the colt, uh, the bolt cutters from him with, you know, you know, in my heart, I am a Muppet, you know, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, give that, give that speech. Yeah, um, and Kermit is looking through his stage desk, looking for, you know, uh, extra paper and stuff, and finds the picture of Peggy, and he looks behind him to her dressing room and tells Scooter to take over as, you know, MC for a while. Uh, and he goes back to her dressing room and she's not there and he sees the plane ticket back to her home and he's back at his desk looking over the picture upset and we have the same scene of them putting the picture back together oh, uh, and parent trap. yeah like the parent trap and um because <laughs> i i miss you and i need you because i i miss you too kermy i i need you and them i need to be here with you and you know the, they, the they say rainbow life. connection yeah and he goes, maybe you don't need the whole world to love you. You just need one person. Oh, oh. such a good line. It's, it really mm-hmm. kind of, like, nailed in the message of, of the final song in Jim's memorial, which is the Just One Person, which oh, the, entire, the entire movie does that, and that's why I cried for three hours while watching it. <laughs> and then in my notes, in all caps, in bold, I just put, Rainbow Connection, baby! So. It's such a good scene. They did such a good job with it. Yeah. Yes. And, and then, you know, Kermit asks Petey to stay, and she says yes, and they kiss. Um, and there's still five minutes left of the telethon, and they haven't met their goal yet, and the Muppets are freaking out, and Mary goes, find, goes to find Walter, and Mary and Walter have a heart-to-heart about, you know, where they belong. And you believe so much in the Muppets, but sooner or later, you have, you have to believe, to in, believe yourself. in yourself. Yeah. It's what growing up is, figuring out who you are, I believe you. And then, you know, Walter's whistling uh, scene. Which would is play beautiful. It's that was a beautiful scene. Yeah. It was. And then uh, Tex steals uh, the car. Either he uses his car or he steals the electric mayhem bus. And I do like the idea of him ramming into the electrical pole, disconnecting the pole. But because of that, there is a fire and that does burn the electric <laughs> mayhem bus down. Just as a parallel to real life. Just as beautiful. a parallel. That's beautiful. But I love it. Just, just as what happened to real life happens in the movie. Um and so it's midnight and, you know, they're a dollar short and techs get on stage to gloat and Fozzie hits the counting screen and then they're more short than they were. I wouldn't have them as short as they were in the movie because they yeah. were like nine million short. And I'm like, no, yeah. or however short it that was. That didn't make sense. I agree with you yeah. there. No. I would have them still be short, but not as short as they were. Um, yeah. Maybe like two yeah. or three million short. Yeah. So the artists formerly known as the Muppets are standing on private property. I'm telling you to leave now. Okay, I'm going to take a big sip of water because this is my magnum opus. All right, are we we going to still keep the Kermit speech the same? Because I really like the Kermit speech. Um, We are going to get the Kermit speech, uh, but before that, we are going to get something else. Okay. The Muppet, and this is how it's going to be more narratively satisfying instead of Gonzo hitting Tex Richmond in the head with a bowling ball. And that's so how it fixes the plot. Yeah, it's yeah so that was stupid. Ugh. And they do it during the credits. They don't even do that in the movie. Uh, stupid. Okay. The worst. So the Muppets are all about to get off stage when they hear a voice from the back of the theater. And they look down the right aisle and the door opens and it's backlit. And they see two figures. And one on the left is a bit shorter than the uh, one on the right, but they're still small. And they start walking down the aisle and you don't know who they are until one says, you know, Statler, I never thought in my wildest dreams we'd ever do this. And the other one says back, then it must be a nightmare. And they laugh. And so Statler and Waldorf get up on stage and they hand Richmond a check for uh, 
$10 million. And everyone is flabbergasted. And Kermit's oh, like, why are, you, why are you doing this? What are you doing? You hate us. And Satla's like, hate you. No, no, no. Sure. We think your acts are crummy and your bear can't jump. You can't tell jokes and that whatever is the weirdest thing in the world and Gonza goes oh thank you and <laughs> Waldorf goes and your pig can't sing and Piggy goes watch it but we've seen every single show of yours for the past 40 years it's something to do it's better than waiting for death but we've realized you're a family and unfortunately we're a part of that family too if you'll have us and Sattler hey. says we believe in you guys all of you we believe in you even if we admittedly despise you. And then Walter whispers, isn't despising something more hatred than hate? And Fozzie says, be quiet. They might say something nice about me. And then at the same time, <laughs> Statlin Walter goes, we won't, we won't say something nice about you. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, they're like, but you hate us. Yeah, we do. That's why we're paying for this. <laughs> yeah. So the, and we need the, you. <laughs> we need you. The two old men turn to, to Richmond and Waldorf, uh, so you'll give them their names and theater back because if you won't do it for this much, Statler and I have more than enough to give you. And Statler goes, not too mo much more. I want to send grandkids to college. <laughs> um, Tex begrudgingly accepts it because he loves money yeah. more than anything. Mm -hmm. So then we, we do get uh, Kermit's uh, big speech, uh, but it would still be more happy and less like we're starting remember to jim henson remember yeah. that memorial remember <laughs> crying for three hours yeah um th then we would get life's a happy song reprise out in the streets outside the theater with you know tons of fans yeah. and well and they still have their like the signs they've been waiting for years to show because i think yeah. we because i've got a question which is what would your random muppet sign be Oh, that you would hold on to for years, waiting, years? waiting to show them in the middle of the street. What would your Muppet sign be? It would probably have to do something either with Scooter or Janice, because I love them. I get that. Um, Mine would be Floyd and Janice adopt me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's a good one. Mine would... <laughs> Oh no. My, mine would be Janice, leave Floyd for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you trying to divorce my parents like that? I'm not trying to divorce your parents. Okay. I, in a perfect world, it, uh, it would be like Skeeter or Annie Supic. But, but we don't not, live like, in a perfect they, world. We don't we live not. in a perfect world, so it would have to be Janice. Um, That's fair. So Gonzo does hit uh, Tex in the head with the bowling ball just for good measure, not for like narrative reasons. Just for fun. Just to be like, hey, screw you. Um, and then Menomina over the credits uh, would show Mary back at home uh, as a mechanic. Business is booming and she's happier than ever. And a man shows up in her office because uh, he thinks his transmission isn't working. And Mary stumbles over where it's like, you're, you're Jason Siegel. Actually, like, oh, no, it's no. Gary. <laughs> I get that all the time. Hi, my name's Gary. It's nice to meet you. No, uh, I'm not a seagull. Man. Yeah, I'm not a seagull. Yeah, exactly. And then it, it would imply that, like, they start dating. And okay. um, that's cute. I like We see uh, Walter and the rest of the Muppets working on shows, and, and Kermit and Piggy at home on a date with, with Fufu on the floor yapping. And, you know, the, the celebrities get to sing the, you know, phenomena with, we're, with we're the snouts and all that. Yes. So, so I would have Statler and Waldorf, uh, like, tie up the narrative. I like that. Ending. 
Thank I like you. that. I know you my, hate the rest of my ideas, but at least you like the one thing that I truly love. I would have brought in the Jason Siegel character a little earlier. I don't know mm-hmm. exactly where we'd bring him in, but I'd bring him in, er- bring him in earlier so that I also don't like that you've completely cut out Manor Muppet because that song is a bop, and I'm very I sad didn't. about that. I didn't. Where would I, it go? I, I told you it was up um, near the part where Kermit Lee, it was bef- whenever Kermit leaves uh, before they kidnap uh, Jack Black. It's the same thing in the movie. Okay, that works. Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, I love Manor Muppet. I would never cut that. Yeah. The one um, thing I miss is Deadly's yeah. Redemption. No, Deadly's Redemption is there. He he has the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. Is my yeah. mic cutting out? No, I, no. This has just been going on for so long. <laughs> yeah, it's just been going on forever. Nobody wants. Okay, let's. All right. Now I want to go over some do... critici- criticisms I found yeah. on the internet. Some of these are from um back from back in my day when I started becoming a Muppet fan, and I'd read these on in a YouTube comment section. So you know. We're getting the best and brightest of the Muppet fans right Let, here. This will be fun. Let's not say their names. Let's not dox anybody. No, there's there's one name, and it's the one person from Letterboxd, but it's a very funny comment, so I feel like the need to read it. I'll okay. give them, but it's not even, like, their real name. It's just a screen name. A fake name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, feel, I don't feel comfortable giving out real names like that. The first yeah. issue would be, uh, Salita, I, I forgot to write this one down earlier, but I remembered it when we were talking about it earlier. Selena mm-hmm. Gomez makes a cameo in this movie and she doesn't know who Kermit is. But that doesn't make sense in canon because in canon, Studio DC Almost Live was a thing and Selena Gomez actually posted Studio DC Almost Live. How would your version fix that, Maria? Uh, <laughs> she would know that it's him. All right. She remembers. That's it. Easy so, enough. All Easy. right. Another is, I don't. Th- Another is that Walter is not the first Muppet to whistle Nigel is, and I have a complaint about this complaint, which is we have how many Muppet singers, and nobody complains that Piggy was the first Muppet singer, or whoever the first Muppet singer is. We can have more than one whistling Muppet, and also, nobody cares about Nigel. I'm sorry. I care about Nigel. Oh, his boring personality, his nasally voice? You care about that? (laughs) The only reason I care about that is there is a, a thing where it's either Floyd or Zoot, and I'll have to remember, but he has a, a song with I, one of them. I think it might have been Zoot. I'm not sure. Where he whistles and, and they do a song, and it's really lovely, and that's my only thing. Right. I don't think he's like the perfect Muppet. It's just right. I tolerate him. <laughs> that's fair. The next one is I'm very curious on how this would get fixed. The plot yeah. is way too similar to It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas. Yeah, that's why mm-hmm. uh, I- instead of having all of the Muppets being dispersed, it would just be, you know... But the Muppets are all together. And, no, I'm talking about, like, the whole theater story. It's not the whole being dispersed thing. It's the theater story with trying to save the theater. I know, I know. When I was rewriting this, this was me if, like, Disney... It's like Jason Siegel and Nick Stoller went to Disney with a script and then Disney came back, came to me if I was a, like a script editor and it's like, hey, we love this idea, but just like fix it in some ways. This isn't me. If you want me to, to change the, the theater aspect, then I'm just going to write a fan fiction. Like yeah. you don't need me to, to edit this. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm very sad that we don't consider it's a very Merry Muppet Christmas canon anymore. Because that special is fantastic. 
It's my so favorite good. thing in the world is describing it to people. It is my absolute favorite thing in the world. It is buck wild. Oh, it is so, it really so is. much fun. It's so much mm-hmm. fun. It's not okay. like the best Muppet thing, but it's oh, you, no. will ha- you will have it's a time watching it. It's it's definitely something. Yeah. The other complaint is that this is where I started going on Letterboxd more. Yeah. Walter is a Mary Sue, apparently. Yeah. I can see it. And what about it? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> What's wrong with Mary's? Yeah. <laughs> Mary Sue was just invented to be misogynistic to, to younger female fans. Yeah. Also, Honestly, there's nothing... Also, also, it's very nice to see a male character get referred to as a Mary Sue. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... It's nice. It's refreshing. Well, it's Don't funny because the male version Sue? is Gary... It's a Gary Sue. It's a uh, Gary Steve. Gary Sue. Gary, Gary Stu. Gary Stu. Yeah, yeah he is yeah. a Gary Stu. I but guess that's Mary where Jason Segel got it from. Yeah, Mary <laughs> Sue and, and Gary Stu were just things to be misogynistic and make fun of y- younger female fans who made OCs in the early 2000s yeah. and 2010s. I'm not like an OC person, but I respect people who do it. That's kind yeah. of where I'm at. There's nothing wrong with yeah. OCs. There's nothing wrong with self-inserts. Let kids have fun, you weirdos. Right. Yeah. Also, every character is an OC. Do you know how many OCs Jim Henson had? Oh my god. <laughs> so many. Also, this is the- He uh, literally theme. made himself into a Muppet. Yeah, he OC made his is friends into him too. Yeah, uh, OC is literally, it just means original Original character. character. Yeah, so yeah. everyone, like anyone who's a writer or anything just has OCs. Yeah, it's fine. It was just to, to make fun of-, of female yeah, fans yeah 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 okay next review this one is the uh one i'm gonna name from letterbox this is by uh uh-huh. yup yep on letterbox it was a one-star review uh-huh. and they respond uh-huh. re- and i'm very curious to see how you would fix this complaint they have they said this is yeah. a terrible and horrific depiction on modern day society that largely missed the mark on many of the so- on many of the social of the socialistic comments that it tried to make how would you fix this, Maria? In general? <laughs> yes. Huh. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. Well, I need a... Is there anything else to the review? There probably that- was, but I didn't feel like writing it all down. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it, it's just about society and... Well, if we want to fix society in general in the Muppet movie, we have to fix society in general in life. And I'm just one person. And I don't know if I... But I believe in you. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) All right. And then I want to bring up a a complaint I have about the movie, which is they... Kermit is an original character. He has been around since the 50s. This character is very old. He's got a very defined personality. Why are you trying to make this character Jim Henson? Literally, Mm -hmm. not Kermit, just Jim Henson is a frog. Well, they weren't even trying to make him Jim Henson because Jim Henson, it wasn't- That's what it felt like they were doing. I know, but Jim wasn't that sad all the time. Literally, there's only one story of him, like, being truly sad, and that was whenever the Dark Crystal bombed in theaters. Like, he was a pretty happy person, and in this movie, they they made Kermit really depressed- the entire time. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. But I also just kind of want to add quickly 
that while they did make Kermit the most depressed little toad out there, but they also (laughs) are, like, yeah, when he's not depressed, he's spouting words of wisdom. Like, that's Mm -hmm. his entire arc. And then then he, like, he leaves his significant other because he's more concerned about the company, I mean group, than he is about her. Yeah. So there's that. That's kind of what I mean when it's like they made him too much like Jim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can see that. All right, last Um, minute compliment time. Yeah, uh, I I do I do love this movie. I do love the soundtrack. Uh, the, literally, all of my like criticisms of the movie is just in the writing. It's not in any of the performance. I love the performance yeah. of this. I all of the, the performers in this are fantastic. They all did great. Yeah. Another did thing, amazing. another thing I really want to praise real quick: the choreography in this is fantastic. It's All great. the dancers are working so hard, and it's so they beautiful, I, especially in Life's a Happy Song. I think even the people who are, like, doing the minor character one-liners, fantastic. Yeah. Everyone's really giving it mm-hmm. 110%, and it shows, and I think Jim would have been really proud of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do want to say, if we did go with the, you know, parody of a rom-com type thing, I would have brought Gary uh, in more earlier and have it actually them have an actual like romance but since this was just like my version of just a fix i, I didn't have gary in until you know the jokes is, and yeah stuff. this is like a fix it fix you can do whatever you want yeah yeah um and again i don't hate maria i feel like i have yes. to disclose this. we have to we, i don't run podcasts with people i hate yeah we have to disclose this 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 was a joke we we have differing of opinions on things, but it, we don't hate each other. No, we don't. Yes. I love you. I love you, too. Also, yeah. again, I have to reiterate, Jason Siegel looks so good in this movie. <laughs> he looks so good. Every, every, like, dance move, every hit, every, like, wink at the camera, every note he hits, it just hits something in my soul, and I love it. Uh-huh. I want it to keep I- going. I'm glad you have that. I'm so happy for you. I'm, we have two great Hollywood Jasons, Jason Siegel and Jason Sudeikis. Really Jason good. Jason Sudeikis, I can get behind. Sudeikis needs to work with the Muppets uh, again. Pretty pleased. I fully, I, I fully anticipate it. They uh, did, they did something on Saturday Night Live at the time. I really would love them to do something with Jason Sudeikis because yeah. why yeah. not? I loved him on SNL. His his era of SNL, him and you know Hader and, and Myers and Kristen mm. Wiig, all of that, them. Are that's my, my favorite. favorite. That's my favorite yeah. era. That was, I'm so that was my for SNL. It. Yeah, same. I'm, I, I'm very nostalgic for that era. And if you like an older era, that's cool. I love yeah. that older era too. I just don't yeah. like Colin Jost. Same. That's Colin, something Mary and I agree on. We hate Colin, Colin Jost. Colin Jost is my nemesis. Like. Uh-huh. Like how you know, like parasocial relationships are an issue, especially in the modern day with social media. So I said, okay, I'm gonna have a parasocial enemy, and it's gonna be Colin Jost. He doesn't know it, but yeah, we are, he does we are lifelong enemies, and I wish him yes. terrible. I wish him terrible. I, wish I terrible really things on him all the time. I really hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. He doesn't. He's, he's not busy. going to. He's busy being married to Scarlett Johansson and not being funny. <laughs> Uh, okay, any more uh, either criticisms or praises for the movie before we get into Muppet Struggles? I really like what the movie did with Piggy. I I think, again, I think they did a really good job yeah. with her. I know you might not mm-hmm. you might not agree with me, but I think I really like seeing her succeed. 
Because I, she, I feel like she gets shorthanded so much, especially with a lot of older Muppet projects. Yeah. I really like seeing her succeed. I I love Piggy in, in this movie. Um, the, the only reason I changed it in my script was like, I just wanted something different because... because You, you had to move I, the I, plot forward. Yeah, well, you had to move the plot forward, but like we've seen her be, like succeeding a, a lot uh, like recently, and I wasn't in the mindset of this is 2011 where we haven't seen them in forever. My my brain was this is 2021 where she succeeds a lot. So, yeah. Um, and also, I just didn't have the Muppets in there because one, I don't like them. Yeah, and, and two, they, they didn't feel like whole, they were. They didn't feel very. Whole, I would have loved to see a movie where we get to see more of them and get to feel like they're more like necessary. They did, they felt very sidelined. Yeah. There, there's a whole article on Tough Pigs about why the Muppets um, just weren't good and also were just like poking fun at different minorities. Yeah. And, you know, all, all of them were played by, you know, people that are, aren't minorities. And, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like not there's great. a whole thing about Miss Poogie and just, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. Anyway. Um, I, I, I think Dave Grohl was great, though. Dave, Dave Grohl did was great, great animal. Dave yeah. Grohl was great. No, no complaints against Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl showed up. He knew what he had to do, and he did it. Yeah. My only I'd like complaint. To... Oh. No, you can I was just going to bring up my my favorite scene in the whole movie was the uh, the uh, backstory of getting Rolf to join the team again. Oh, that's a good that's scene. Very good. That's, that's so Rolf. So so oh, good. So nice. He's so but, chill okay. and relaxed. I, I love and I, Ralph. And. I, Seeing Rolf on a hammock that that really like itched a part of my brain where I'm like, yeah, he'd do that. This yeah. is him. Yeah, yeah. I love that for him. All right, should we get to uh, our Muppets struggles of the week? Yeah, you you guys go first. All right, yeah. mine was again. We talked about earlier about the Saturday Night Live Muppet sketch, which, if you don't know, I've been watching SNL every week since I was awake since I was a uh, like a junior in high school. So again, I just graduated college. You can do math there if you'd like. So this is the one week I missed because I was celebrating graduating college with my brother, who also graduated college, and my parents. Congratulations and, to both of you. Thank you. Yes. And we celebrated on that Saturday night by getting very intoxicated. <laughs> oh boy. I'm not going to tell you, folks. I'm not going to tell you how out of it wa- I was, but I remember it being midnight and eating a taco at a random place in the middle of Wisconsin. Oh, it's a quesadilla, not a taco. And my phone was dead. So if you were wondering where I was while I was watching Saturday Night Live, I was out of my mind eating a chicken quesadilla. So I woke up the next morning and I see it on Twitter and everyone's going, Mary, Mary, where are you? Oh my gosh, Mary must be loving this. Your brand. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Mary, they made this for you. And I'm just in my bed going, what? Like the worst (laughs) hangover of my life. Uh So that was my Muppet struggle of the week. And then going, oh, that, that this was something that happened. And then the other thing <laughs> was um, seeing everybody on Twitter react to um, It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas, the Scooter Cage <laughs> dance scene. Oh, my God. And having to do my favorite thing in the world, which is explain It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas to people. It's a fun time. It's a very fun time. Also, I'd what like is, to... I just want to quickly call out at Henson Struggles on Twitter. I know you have my <laughs> notifications on. And it's not funny Good. anymore. Good. Uh-oh. All 
Great, go ahead. Okay. Sprout, All you right. go. Well, my Muppet struggle of the week was calling Thomas Sanders a human Muppet, only to have him reply to it. That's and amazing. It a fair point. He, it still blows my mind. He was he was searching for that. He had to have been. He was yeah. waiting for that. He's like, how do I make Muppets about me? And he did it. <laughs> well, he had a, a whole um, video about uh, puppetry, and he had puppets it. based on his characters. Oh, yeah, cool. that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it was a great episode. That's cool. Um, I hope he didn't take it as an insult because in no way did I ever mean that as an insult. I I hate I it when people say Muppets is an insult. Like it it just I makes too. searching through indirects on Twitter so awful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like oh, you think it's an insult? You you know it's a very hard craft to do where you know you're doing ten things at, at once. I mean, while backwards. I don't yeah. think they're insulting the, the craft. I think they're just trying to say that this person has something up there you know what. Yeah, I know, but still, it's just stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. I, but he, he loves the Muppets. I, I don't think he took it as, yeah. as being no. mean. No, I don't think yeah. he took All it as being said, well. He is definitely a human Muppet. Oh, oh we're yeah. not denying that. Yeah, yeah he is he definitely is. a human Muppet. Um, Your turn, Maria. My... My Muppet struggle, well, I, it, it, I've been working on this script you write for a very, not just this week, I've been working on it since, like, the 2019, maybe. I mean, I took breaks in between because, you know, burnout and everything. Uh, so getting that ready and polished and also just this podcast episode is my Muppet struggle of the week it is it's just yeah. <laughs> me calling you out on everything everything uh I've I went through a breakup yesterday and this episode was worse than that <laughs> oh <laughs> dang I'm sorry I broke your heart like that R.I.P. R.I.P. All right, so I just want to, oh. like, um, make just a quick additional note, because I know that auditions for the um, the Henson Company thing are due very soon, and that people are going to get results very soon. And I just want to yeah. say that when applying for something like this, like any job, it's all a numbers game. If you don't get chosen to audition, it's not because you are less talented. It's not because you are less talented than anybody else. It's all a yeah. numbers game. It's not on you. You shouldn't be down on yourself too much about it. It's a numbers game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we've we've all sent in our, our resumes and, and everything. Yeah, I'm not getting picked for anything, but I'm, it's going to be fun. I know I'm not, but I, might as I, well. do, I do not feel like I'm going to get picked for anything. I don't, I don't know. If I do, I will cry uh, and you'll hear all about it. <laughs> That'll be a Muppet struggle of the week. Yeah, right. definitely. <laughs> Anybody have any additional notes to add in? Um, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to my insane ramblings for as long as we've been talking. It's been so long. And um, I hope you at least <laughs> like the Statlin Waldorf bit, even if you hated everything else. I did. All right. Anything else you want to add, Sprout? No, I'm good to go. Awesome. Then I just want to thank at Airfare 3 on Twitter for making our uh, social media, for making our Twitter header, as well as the cover art for the podcast. And I'd also like to thank at Turning to Stone on Twitter for doing the uh, voiceover for the intro and outro of the podcast. And you can follow me on, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Muppets underscore talking. And you can follow me on Twitter with uh, at the anime, at the animated emo. 
you can follow me on any social media uh, at Nerdy Maria Mania. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sprout. Awesome. We hope you guys have a muppetational rest of your week. And thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Love you. And for my final trick, I will make this podcast end. I'm going to need complete silence for this.